Warning. Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews contains adult content and language. Folks, it's that time once again for another fun-filled episode of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. I'm Brandon. And I'm Travis. And this week, we're kind of mixing it up a little bit. Um, yeah. We had a blind spot in some of our uh, records we've been reviewing, right? Yeah. Um, so this week, we're going to bring you one of... The, no, it's not one of. It is the first female we're bringing to the show this week. That's right. Oh, hell, we might as well just go ahead and let it loose on them. Do it. We're going to bring you Stevie Nicks' very first solo album, Belladonna. That's right. It was uh, released back in July 27th of 1981, and we happen to have an OG 1981 Modern Records copy for you this week. And this is Season 3, Show 7 of the world-famous Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. That's right. And I don't know. It could be a crapshoot, folks. I don't know. We'll see. But hey, we just want to thank you guys for joining us for another week. Um, geez. Yeah. Year. So yeah. So you know, we were talking. You, me, my sister, your wife, and uh, she brought up that we had not done any um, female-fronted bands or records, right? And uh, that wasn't by design. Like you know, we like tons of. Uh, female friend and stuff and uh it we went back and forth and there's one we'll probably do next season and it was between that and this um yeah because i think our closers for the end of this season i think they're pretty a pretty stacked bunch i think yeah you guys are gonna like the next three episodes i hope but mm -hmm. i'm telling you dude the analytics are kind of letting me down um bit. I don't know. We must have lost our mojo when we took like a fucking what six month hiatus. So we promise you, folks, we are not going to do that anytime soon. Yeah. Because we're coming to a crossroads. Uh, we've talked behind the scenes, so I don't know. We'll. It all depends on y'all, I guess. And yes, I said y'all because we are in Raleigh, North Carolina. Dirty South. The dirty, dirty South, and it's cold in the fucking dirty South today. It is. We were all huddled around a, a pitiful little campfire out there. Yeah. You know, it's hard to have a roaring rip-ass fire when you're kind of in the middle of a, a burn ban. Yeah. But, you know, we are within 100 feet of the uh, occupancy. That's so right. uh, we are within the rules there. Well, if you would like, uh, Trav was in charge of the beer this week, yep. so I'm going to sneak over here without him seeing, mm -hmm. so I can put in the combo to the world-famous Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews Beer Vault. So, uh, you know, you go ahead and take it away. I'm going to get in the vault here. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, this, uh, so the record we did this week, strangely enough, this was the first time I ever listened to it on vinyl. Um, and oh. we'll get to it later, but wow. it, it this, makes a difference. I'm, I'm just going to go on the record. Um, this beer was kind of stacked, I think. Um, <laughs> okay, well, it's okay. I'll cut him some slack. because it, he It's seasonal. 
I know it's seasonal, but and you do generally try to cater more towards my taste yeah. when you're picking stuff. But I'm going, I'm going wide fucking open on a limb today, folks. You want to tell folks what it is? All right, we have Sierra Nevada. Of course, you know he's going to pick <laughs> Sierra Nevada. But this is the uh, Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. It is. So what's different about this? It only comes out around the holidays every year. So I have never had it. And this is the first year it's ever been in cans. Wow. Well, hey, you can't go wrong with a beer in a can. I, I can tell you that. You ready? Hold on. Let me get... I got to give it to Smith because uh, I've never had this. Let's see. Yeah. It doesn't smell as hoppy as most IPAs that I've ever tried. Yeah. I think I want to say it's like six and a half percent, too. It's nothing you know, crazy. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Go slam four of these. Be passed out. <laughs> All right, going in with the Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Cheers. First taste ever, folks. Cheers. Whoa! (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. Wow. What do you think? Wait, wait, wait. Before you answer, take another drink. Ooh. Oh, Wow. So you guys have listened to the show. Brandon is primarily a lager drinker, sometimes builder. Um, so he usually shies away from IPAs. Well, it to me, the initial hit mm-hmm. whew, is like hams on like major steroids. <laughs> um, it, th- to me, right off the hit, it, good, 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 good. It's, uh, to me, it's real grapefruity. There's there's definitely some citrus in there, right? It's real <laughs> grapefruity off the top. Now, once I can get past that, I don't think it's terrible. Um, would I want to sit and partake and drink them all day? I can't do it. it it's some damn IPAs, man. Mm-hmm. But not terrible beer. But woo wee! It is definitely hands on steroids, folks. So this is probably my uh, number one all time favorite beer. And you, like he said, it's seasonal. So yeah, it's seasonal. I get excited uh, every time around. You know, it comes out usually um, right after uh, Halloween. You know, um, and it's great. So we here in North Carolina, Sierra Nevada has two breweries uh, in the country. One in Mills River here in North Carolina, right outside Asheville. There's another one in Chico, California, Northern California. Um, and I highly recommend taking a trip to the Sierra Nevada Brewery. It's like this huge fucking compound. It's awesome. The one here in North Carolina. And also, there's a sweet uh, dirt jump bike park on the, on the property on the way up. Hence how he knows about it, folks. <laughs> no, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the IPAs. I mean, I don't hate it, but to me, it's hams on steroids. I mean, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. And speaking of the holiday season, yeah. we do got to go get some hams. Uh, so Cousin we Troy do. will get off my ass we on do. the uh, Facebook page. Um, yes, folks, we do have a Facebook page that you can contact us on. And That's right. We love you up there, Cousin Troy. We will we will get back to the, the – how did he put it to us the one time? Enjoy the taste and the uh, – I can't remember the, he didn't use the word cheapness, but the value. That's what the he and enjoy the taste and the value, folks, of the hams. And hey, we love the hams. It's very budget friendly. And we like to drink it around the holidays for some reason. We do. But hey, you can't go wrong. Like I said, this stuff to me, it's not hateful. It tastes like hams on steroids. 
No, um, you know what? I have to tell you something. This is important. This is breaking news. Uh oh. Hold ready? on. Hold on. Right. Okay, my Les Nessman uh, breaking news. I think I have a hookup for a certain beer we've been trying to get forever to do on the show. Um, dare I take a stab? Go ahead. I'm guessing Olympia. Am I close? You're close. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> Woohoo! Sorry, folks. I just took another drink of the uh, Celebration IPA. It's so good when it hits your lips. Whew. I, I don't know. That shit would have put Frank the Tank underground. I mean, you know, God knows what he was drinking when he went streaking. <laughs> Whew. This shit might get... You'll be rocking out with your cock out if you drank too much of this, I think. But hey, it's not hateful. All right. Well, are we done with the beer segment for the week? think so it's delicious like i said it's really not my cup of tea um i'd still give it a thumbs up you know i'm sure there's a lot more folks out there that love the ipas more than i do it's great it's it's really it's a middle of the road ipa because there's like a lot of these smaller breweries are trying to out hop each other and make ipas that are just difficult to drink even for somebody who really enjoys ipas yeah and to me as a non-real fan of ipas it's not that overpowering it's just that that grapefruit hit that I get off of it, and I'm not a big fan of grapefruit, but, you know. Yeah, some of these hops that they use on some of these IPAs have that citrus uh, sort of flavor. Yeah, and honestly, I know for our North Carolina listeners that like Old Tuffy, you, you would like this. Yeah. This, this it tastes way better than Old Tuffy. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, that's a, just look it up, folks. What, who makes that? New Belgium? Yeah. Um, it's the NC State beer. Yeah, with Wolfie on it. The cans look cool. Yeah. Good googly moogly. Sorry, folks. That's that fresh hop celebration IPA right there. Yeah, makes me want to start doing jumping jacks and shit. I guess. All right, let's get into Belladonna by Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Oh, let's start off with the album cover and artwork. What'd you give it? <laughs> so this, I went back and forth uh, between a two and a three. I gave it a three. Uh, wow. It's just like sort of ridiculous and generic. You know, Stevie Nicks in her standard sort of white flowing gown. Uh, I know, but that's like her trademark. I, I know. You know, that's, that was her deal. Um, Aunt Holden, uh, what, like a big white parrot or something, right? Yeah, was that like a... Some type of big white bird. Yeah. And then the... the the back cover, there's not really anything going on at all. Well, the back cover looks like she's been hitting that cocaine. <laughs> the cocaine. But uh, no, I, I actually, I gave it a four. Yeah. Because honestly, I thought that the cover, you know, it just captures that classic white witch Stevie Nicks vibe. Yeah, it does. And, you know, um, it is what it is. I mean, you you know the the script font on it looks cool it does and that's like that late 70s early 80s style yeah you know but to me it just was like you know that that's the image of the white witch that you're going to have you it know? is it's just i just think it's not a great cover but yeah i mean it is what it is and for the white witch reference folks you guys got to be fans of american horror story mm -hmm. and you'll catch that i'm just spoiler alert you know what we got to do first though before we go in any further, we got to give a big what up to Mr. Smoking Computer. What's up? That dude's a fucking douche. Yeah, he is. So, 
Anyway, smoking computer. Gosh, he he's been pretty solid with us here lately, yo. Yeah, not too bad. Um, this album's weird. Uh, there's a. I'm just gonna throw it out there. There's a lot of fucking weird going on in this album. Um, I mean, you know, here we'll head into strong tracks, but this whole album, Whew, it's a... either a strong track or it's a track to avoid. I feel like calling stuff on this album strong tracks. That's a real stretch, folks. But you know what I mean. Like the songs are either good or they're just not. There's none that you're like, oh, it's okay. You know what I mean? No, like, I actually I had a couple that I thought was just okay. Um, what do you have for uh, strong tracks? Well, I'm actually this one here. This was a weird album for me to even take any notes on. Yeah. Um, I gave the strong tracks a three, mm-hmm. and honestly, I don't think I've ever done this on any album that we've reviewed in our three seasons. I got to go with three of the four singles on this one. Probably the same three that I picked. You know, Stop Dragging My Heart Around, Leather and Lace with Don Henley. You know, mm-hmm. um, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. You know, that's with the late, great Tom Petty. That's right. And Edge of 17. I mean, the the fourth one that they released was After the Glitter Fades, and thank God it fucking faded. Yeah, because that... we'll get into that a little later, maybe. Um, I, I picked the same three uh, for Strong Tracks. I gave it a four, though. Um. I mean, they're hands down the best songs on the record. Oh, hands down the best songs on the record. I think it's pretty cool. Um, Stop dragging my heart around. You can tell that it's a uh, like Mike Campbell wrote it. That's a Tom Petty song and the Heartbreakers. You yeah, know what I mean? like, and and uh, wasn't uh, was this when they released "Damn the Torpedoes"? Uh, was this around the same time? Damn, it's, the... it's close. Yeah, because I, you know, uh, what Jimmy Iovine and Tom Petty. Yeah, they were the producers. Produced it. Yeah, and you know, I mean this. Here's my thing about this album, you know, before we get in it too far. Yeah. I mean, some of your, I'm just going to call them my standout musicians on this. Yeah. You got Tom Petty. Absolutely. You got Mike Campbell. Yep. You know, both of those are Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Don Felder. Yep. And Don Henley of who else but the Eagles, which I think Stevie and Don were doing the ba-donka-donka-donk at the time, you know. They were, but here's a cool thing, too. They, you know, like Tom and Mike uh, didn't just play on Stop Dragging My Heart Around. They played on a few tracks and Don Felder and Don Henley. They played on multiple tracks, too. You know, and Don played um, drums along with vocals, too. And that is something I did have in my notes Yeah, is like a lot of the songs that I, for lack of a better word, I'm just calling them filler. Yeah. I, I did think, you know, the guitar tones on them were great. And of course, Stevie's voice on them are great. Yeah. But man, just, I mean, honestly, one song that I wish she would have actually put on this album, um, she did put on an album that came out around the same time, mm-hmm. The Fast Times at Ridgemont High soundtrack. Uh, yeah. I wish they would have put Sleeping Angel on this album. Because it would have bumped my scores up more. Because then we would have had four, to me, solid fucking singles from this no, album. No, I, I agree with that. That is a great song. Uh, and, that's, and, you know, that soundtrack is fantastic. And that's what's weird. Why did they release that song for that soundtrack? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, the label, you know, wanted them to do something. I, I don't know. Say. I just feel that that, that's song, a good point. that song would have fit better on this album. As it is, I feel like this album would have been better served by just being, in like, a four-song EP, honestly. like Yeah. You know? Yeah, if they would add Sleeping Angel yeah. and the uh, three great singles off of the four, I mean. Um, so what is your your favorite? 
my favorite track. Um, I gave it a five, and this one actually was tough. But after I kind of bounced it around a little bit, I got to go with Stop Dragging My Heart Around with Tom Petty, man. Um, I thought that song had great vocal pairing with Tom and Stevie. And I love the Mike Campbell guitar on that one. Because, you know, it does sound like a Heartbreakers tune. Yeah. But, you know, Tom, they cut his vocals back in that song, you know, so he's not really overpowering until he does, like, his little solo Yeah, that's, parts. like, the second half, too. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, to me, it just it just works. But my, my close number two was Edge of 17. And I'm just going to throw this one in there for honorable mention. My wife, your sister, her favorite pick is Leather and Lace. I mean, it, it's a good song, too. Um, I picked the same one you did. And I picked "Stop Dragging My Heart Around." And honestly, five. out of any of those three songs, yeah, you you got to give them a five. Yeah, I mean they are they are great. Um, it's interesting though. I wonder if this is where some crossover happened because you know Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers, he wrote "Boys of Summer" and gave it to Don Henley, right? Yeah. I wonder if that's how they sort of got hooked up a little bit. I know he offered it to Tom Petty first, and Tom declined. Yeah, but I one, mean, and you know, and and like. You know, like Leather and Lace, I mean, Stevie Nicks originally wrote that song for Waylon Jennings, and he, because he, he gave her the title, and he yeah. said, I want you to write me a song called that, and he just decided it wasn't for him, and something about, she said she would only record that song if Don Henley did it with her. His voice works really well yeah, with her. It would have right. been fantastic, though, to hear Waylon Jennings singing that with her, you know? I think it would have been cool. Um, I love some Waylon Jennings now. Yeah, you want to get into yeah. some outlaw country, folks? That's the man right there. Absolutely. Um. All right. So I'm going to start with track to avoid. <laughs> there was quite a few wow. to pick from. You, you like how he just <laughs> kicked me, threw me under the bus, and he's this, like, "Fuck you, motherfucker! This, I'm doing it first. There's quite a few to avoid on this one. I gave it a two though, and I picked a uh, kind of woman. It's just boring, and oh. I, honestly, I don't think her voice sounds great on this one. I'm kind of woman. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm. <laughs> we actually varied this week on the track to avoid, which sometimes happens. But what what score did you give your track to avoid? A two. A two. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, you picked kind of woman. Yeah. You know, and honestly, that one I thought it had that classic haunting Stevie Nicks vocals on it, and I thought it had great guitar tone on it. It's pretty boring though. There's not. A I lot know, going but those on. those were the only two standout things that I I yeah. really could say about that song. Um, but I had a I had a tough one with my track to avoid. Um, I gave it a one. That might be the first one that uh, has been thrown out in all the episodes so far. <laughs> it's 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 damn close. I I mean I gave it a one. Mm-hmm. I I just originally when I when I, when I listened through this, um, I thought it was going to be Belladonna. The album opener. Yeah. But I went ahead and went with the worst ever closer I have ever heard on an album in all my <laughs> fucking life. I went with the Highway Man. That's not good. I just, because, I mean, good Lord. I just couldn't get into neither one of those. And we love bookends. We do. But this album, I mean. It's the opposite of oh, bookends, right? And I hate saying it because, I mean, I love Stevie Nicks as a singer. Yeah. But good lord, I I almost think that this album was super rushed, in in the song choices. I, I think I, you're right because really it's so, so up and down. That's like it's rare that you, you know, because she's 
Fleetwood Mac was at the peak, right? Yeah, because I mean, yeah. honestly, if you start off with the Belladonna song, which if I was going to rank those songs individually, I give Belladonna a two, because right. to me it sounds like a rejected Fleetwood Mac song. Yep, but it is definitely not a solid opener. And and then you and the kind of woman, which is my track to avoid. So right off the bat, you have two songs that are not strong. But I gave actually, if I'm going to go down song for song, I gave kind of woman a three. You know, so but that's still, I liked it better than I right, did. So you got a Bella one Donna. and a three for the you know for your album openers. That's not great. Well, no, I gave Belladonna a two as an opener, but my one was for no. the Highwayman. Right, right. That right. is like the worst closer I've ever think I've heard. Um, I hated yeah. saying that because I, you know, it's just it's too all over the place for me. Like this album's too up and down. Like, but the good songs are are really great. You know, um, you know, because it's almost like this album didn't know if it wanted to be rock or if it wanted to be country. It's right. It's right in the middle. Because uh, honestly, um, shoot, um, the song, I think it's it's song five. Is that the, I think that's the finale for side one, I think. Oh, yeah. After the glitter phase. After the glitter yeah, phase, yeah, yeah. which it was a single. Yep. It sounds to me like that is a late 70s country tune, and my wife, your sister, said she could see Tanya Tucker singing that song. Yeah, I, I can and, see that. hey, don't get me wrong, man. I like some old Tanya Tucker, too. No, for sure. And, uh, and not, not that this matters, we talk about this, but the, the genre listing in Wikipedia lists this as both rock and country rock. I know, but you know? man, if, if you when we were talking about this... You know, it was before I even printed yeah, yeah. anything off. No, I, I know, I can I can hear it too. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, sure. You know, I love Stevie Nicks. She's a rock chick. Yeah. But man, this album, whew, it, it's, it's kind of all over the place. It is. Oh, I just didn't understand it. Um, Is there a deep cut on here? I, I think I found one. What do you got? Um, I gave it a three. Yeah. And like I said, I only found one on this one. And I got to go with Outside the Rain. Oh, uh, really? It sounds like a song you should know, yeah. but I can't place it or compare it to anything. But it's like one of them ones that the whole time you're listening to it, you're just kind of bopping your head and going along with it. And you're like trying to figure out like where, you know, a song that you can compare it to. So to me that, I mean, it was a stretch to find it because I almost didn't think I was going to find a deep cut on this one. You know, I was the same. Um, and I, I gave mine a three. And I'm not, I'm still not sure that there is a deep cut on this one, uh, but I picked "How Still My Love." But I'm not confident about that pick. Like, well, if, if I was recommending this record to somebody and I was saying a deep cut, you you should check out check out. It wouldn't be that. But, no, right. But and, I, and honestly, I'm just gonna go on the record and say, to me, the fucking hot three singles are the songs that are on this album. Yeah. And the sad thing is, you're gonna have to flip it to get to the other one. Yeah, you know. But no, like how still my love. I gave that song a three, and to me, it definitely sounded like a Fleetwood Mac song. It does. You know, and maybe that's you know I don't know. It like I said, this album it was weird. It, it is, but um, the the funny thing is, um, after I did my notes and stuff, I just kind of looked up. Just, I just wanted to see, and dude, the critics at the time and stuff, people love this thing. Yeah, I mean, the singles all charted really highly. Like, uh, I think all three of the first four were in the top 10. I know, but what's so weird to me was 
This album spent nearly three years on the Billboard Top 200 from July of 81 to June of 84. Yep. And I don't understand it. The only thing I can think of is Stop Dragging My Heart Around, Leather and Lace, and Edge of 17 were the ones that carried this whole motherfucker. They were, you know, you know, Tom Petty, Don Henley, like they were super hot. No, then, I right? mean, you know? yeah, I mean, you, you can't get much bigger names in the business then. But to me, I, you know, they even included this in the greatest of all time Billboard 200 albums charts. Yeah. I don't understand it. No, I don't. I mean, but I like to feel that we've got a pretty good grasp on music, and right. I did not get any of that off of this album. No, but one that's going to be a nice little segue here for production overall sound because I did give it a five, and it's it's recorded really nicely. Um, you know, a lot of space. <laughs> Brandon just took a drink of the Sierra Nevada. Yowza! Um, and this copy uh, is really nice. Like, we cleaned it, you know, on the spin clean. Um, and it's still, you know, there's a few little light it, pops here and there. It's got some surface scratches on it, which but it's you, still you, a great sounding copy. Yeah, you would expect for a 40 year old record. Um, it, it's, it's a really good sounding record, I think. What yeah. do you got? Um, I gave for the production overall sound, I gave it a four. Yeah. Um, I think Jimmy Iovine and Tom Petty did a great job yeah. on the production side. Um, it sounds full of warm. Um, I just wish the songs held up to the best three singles. And for me, the singles made this album. Uh, without a doubt. And I don't know if there's another album we've reviewed that is this up and down with singles and non-singles. No, because, I, I mean, I'm just throwing one out there. Like, when we did the Foreigner 4 yeah. album, um, I was actually surprised on that one that we found other songs besides what we knew from the radio that we were like, man, that should have been a fucking radio cut. We, I mean, we could have picked about four other tracks other than Luann to be a single yeah, off of that record. No, we still don't dig Luann. And I even brought Luann up <laughs> when uh, my wife, your sister, and me were listening to this the other night. Yeah. I told her, I said, man, I said, at least on Foreigner, Luann was the standout. This one was so hard to yeah. pick a loser. Oh, I don't know. This album, it was just weird for me, man. It was. So this, it was weird for me too. So this next segment is kind of hard to score then overall listening experience. Well, you want me to go first or yeah. you want No, to? go ahead. I gave the overall listening experience, I gave it a three. Yeah. Because I think the hits off of this album are great and they carry the album and the rest of the songs are mediocre at best. You know, I, I agree. Like, like it's so weird to have a, a record that's this up and down. Like the singles are so really good. The fucking singles are fucking kick ass, man. And then, uh, and it's not a long record. It's like forty minutes. But uh, forty one yeah. fifty five. Um, but just to be that up and down, like it's you're listening to it really, and you're just waiting on that next single. To, you know what I mean? Like, and and I will say, I guess that kind of adds a little bit to the overall listening experience because if you've never heard the album as a whole. You know, hopefully you listen to it before you listen to our review of it because right. you're going to be sitting there hoping that okay, well, yeah, this song's not that great, but I'm I'm holding out that the next one's going to yeah pull me in. And honestly, man, I, I hate being Debbie fucking Downer on this one, but to me, you got stop dragging my heart around, leather and lace, and edge of seventeen. You know, yeah, and honestly. Like I said, Edge of Seventeen, that's a great fucking song. It it's is a, a great song. It's a simple guitar riff. Yeah. 
But man, is it catchy as fuck. Absolutely. It, it just works perfect with Stevie's voice on that one. It totally does. You know, I mean, um, I just, whoo. Did you ever see Stevie or Fleetwood Mac live? No, I have never got the opportunity. I haven't either. I would, you know, like to see Fleetwood Mac at some point if they're still going to do something. Yeah. It's, you know, they're always <laughs> infighting. But, like, And the thing is, though, if I was to see Fleetwood Mac, I got to see Lindsay with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was, I mean, there, there's one Fleetwood Mac song I like, the Peter Green era. Mm-hmm. I think it's Oh Well. Yeah. That's a great tune. But for what everyone knows Fleetwood Mac from, yeah. you got to have the no, classic I, I lineup. Agree. Yeah, and Peter Green is a great guitar player and, and, and all that. I, I like that but stuff, too. Was, but it, like, if we're going to see him now, I would actually want Christine McVie to be there, too. Like She doesn't yeah. tour with them a lot, but she's got some great songs. So if I was going to yeah. go, I'd want it to be all the all And, them. you know, she she added like great harmonies to Stevie. Yeah. And, totally. But you got to have Lindsay playing yeah, yeah. his fucking acoustic electric. Yeah. I mean, the dude, I mean, he just shreds. I mean, maybe he'll break out the Les Paul like the old days. Or he'll just bust out Holiday Road from <laughs> vacation, man. So fucking good. That song fucking kicks ass. We love you, Lindsay. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, this one here, man, right. I, it was rough. It's a mixed bag. You know, uh, we. But, but Brandon's right, though. I do recommend that you. Um, if you have the vinyl or if you pick it up, listen to it because it's it's a weird listening experience because of how varied it is. Yeah, it's it's weird. And I mean, I just, I was almost scared to do this show once I listened to the vinyl, but I mean, we'd already kind of settled on it. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, we're just giving you guys what we think. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, we might be the biggest assholes in the world for dogging it, but you know, well, I'm curious. We're not necessarily dogging it. We gave it some pretty good sco- scores. We're just being honest. No, but the thing is, this is what I really want uh, Beers, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews Nation to do. I really want you guys to listen to this album yep. and see if you agree with us or not. And if you do, hit us up on the Facebook page or at Beers, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews at Yahoo.com and tell us what your thoughts are on this because... Honestly, I was a lot confused when I sat down, listened to it, and then I'm like, man, I got to try to do a show on this. I said, this is going to be tough. Yeah, I went back and forth, and uh, it took me longer to do my notes on this than an album that I love all the way through or kind of hate all the way through because this is so up and down. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I mean, honestly, folks, he... (laughs) I but I do I, I'm going to bash him a little bit. I yeah. think he was more jazzed to do this than he was the kicks episode, I, which by the way is true. still ahead of uh, the police episode that he wanted. So I don't know. Yeah, by like five listens, everybody go listen to the police episode. No, you guys <laughs> just hit the kicks one up. Just keep keep it going, keep it going. But no, I really was. I was scared to do this episode. Yeah. Um, just because we'd been on a what I felt was a heater. I yeah. mean, oh yeah. You know, these last few albums we've done, I hell, it was like you could did them in your damn sleep. Speaking of a heater, I'm going to do a little teaser for next week, all right? Are you doing it, or do you want Smoking Computer to give it away? Is he going to do it? Can we trust him? Uh, you might as well throw it out there, because you never can rely on that motherfucker. Uh, we're going to do a head-to-head we haven't done for a while. We've got an OG copy and the uh, newest reissue of Nine Inch Nails Pretty Hate Machine. Oh, he threw the whole fucking shebang at yeah. you. Yeah, but we don't know what week it's going to be. 
It could be the finale. That's right. It could be next week. It could be the week after. We don't know yet. Um, these last three episodes are going to be pretty killer. I mean, the records. <laughs> honestly, hold on. Maybe we should flip a coin. Yeah. And what would Santa Claus say? I mean, fair enough. You know, I mean, if he's if he's a, a stickler for uh, naughty words, we might be fucked. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Santa Claus. Um, I don't know. You guys might get it. You might not. We we don't know. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we're never too sure of anything around here. You know, we do very minimal research here. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. Um, you know, but hey, uh, don't forget hit us up at Beers Brews Vinyl Reviews at Yahoo dot com or at Beers Brews Vinyl Reviews on the Facebook page. And I'm Brandon. I'm Travis. And we are Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. And I mean, I'm still <laughs> going to throw it out there because those three songs are solid. If you don't like half of this Stevie Nicks record. It, well, <laughs> let's see. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is there? Is there 10 songs on this one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't like three out of 10 <laughs> songs of Stevie Nicks' Belladonna, fuck, fuck you. you.